This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Boker Tov, how are you? Boker Tov, um, yes, almost the end of another eventful week. How it, it always feels like we don't quite finish our conversations because there's always so much I to know, talk about. This is the problem. I'd like to just, just like to do like a, a few quick sort of roundups before we get into the meeting, but if I can, I had the very, very good fortune uh, to be uh, in the audience with an interview with Douglas Murray. For those people who have oh, not wow. heard Douglas Murray, you should go online and find some of the interviews that he's done especially with the British TV stations and, and elsewhere. There's, there's lots and lots of material. He is not only an amazing supporter of Israel, but he is so eloquent and so educated in the way that he answers the accusations. And, and he does not uh, hold back any punches. He's very, very forthright in the way that he responds to things. And he's really done an amazing job for Israel's uh, public relations. But one of the things that he said really struck a chord with me. And what he said was that the whole purpose of the court case at the International Court of Justice, uh, the, the International Court of Justice, is really designed to hurt Israel. Nothing else. And when I thought about that a little bit more, I, I took it sort of one step further, and I thought about some of the statements that were made by um, South African government ministers about the case and how they are presenting this as being in protection of the Palestinian people. Now, quite how that case protects the Palestinian people is not clear to me, but I would say even more than that, that I would like to challenge the South African government to produce evidence of something positive that they've done to help the Palestinian people. Let's assume that that is really what their interests are about. Instead of talking about things that have been designed to hurt Israel, like a calls to stop the stop funding the IDF and, and things that are designed to hurt Israel, what has been done to really positively help the lives of Palestinian people? And maybe I'm not aware of activities and actions that they've done, um, but it would be interesting to know what they are rather than to talk about the negative things that they're doing against Israel, supposedly in support of the Palestinian cause. Mm. So that was the first little rant that I wanted to have. The second thing I wanted to talk about very, very briefly was this operation that was carried out by the IDF in that hospital in Jenin the day before yesterday. There's some amazing video footage that was caught on the CCTV cameras inside the hospital. And what we see is a unit of IDF soldiers dressed up as Arabs, Arab women actually, and members of staff of the hospital going in pushing a patient in a wheelchair who also happened to be an IDF soldier and this group of people walking into the hospital and then suddenly changing in a moment into combat soldiers and uh, attacking three terrorists 
who were planning a massacre from within the hospital in Janine. Now, um, a lot of, there's a lot to be said about that. First of all, of course, the fact that a hospital in Janine, this is not in Gaza, this is in Janine in the Palestinian Authority area mm. where hospitals are being used in order to plan massacres. And that operation by the Mistarim, which is a unit of IDF soldiers who are um, trained to get dressed up and to fit in with the local population, in an unobtrusive way, in a way that they can move around without being noticed or observed at all. And this is a, a, a real job and this is a real talent that these guys have. The way that they were dressed up was just incredible and so convincing. People in the hospital had no idea that underneath those cloaks that they were wearing and the garb that they were wearing were rifles and were, were, were weapons. In the moment, and you can see it on the CCTV coverage, in a moment, they suddenly jump out of their wheelchairs, pull out their weapons, and get on with the job of taking care of those terrorists. This is really uh, an amazing piece of work. And it kind of feeds to another discussion that we might or may not be able to get to today about whether the Palestinian Authority is really so much different from Hamas, whether Fatah and Hamas are so different from each other. Because what we do know about the Palestinian Authority and about Fatah is that they do pay terrorists. They do have the pay for slay policy in place. They do pay for people. They do pay families whose uh, family members are in Israeli prisons. And so the real question is, how much different are they from one another? Is Fatah and the Palestinian Authority really just a further extension of Hamas, just dressed up in slightly different clothing? And of course, it feeds into the discussion, which has now become much more relevant, about whether we could really tr entrust them with a Palestinian state at some point in the future, which will live in peace side by side alongside Israel, because one has to be mm. quite suspicious about what their true intentions are. And when we see things like that happening in a hospital in Janine, it does really call into question how real, how valid, how much we can trust that particular option. Yeah, it's it's and, and I saw so many comments on social media. How dare this is a war crime? How dare Israel attack patients in a hospital? Uh, you know the the mm. the the pro uh, well the anti-Israel crew working very very hard to try and demonize Israel. I mean, of course, this is a targeted attack. No one else got hurt. Uh, this is I thought what everybody wanted, rather than rather than anything else. Well, the fact that they happen to be working in a hospital is designed to exactly fuel that discussion. How dare the IDF allow themselves to go in with armed forces into hospital? And, and nobody asks the question as to why a hospital is being used for military activities. You can only then just ask why it is that the IDF with their weapons visible and, and all that kind of stuff while they're going into hospitals. And by the way, there are reports this morning of tanks gathering around Shifa Hospital again in Gaza, having been there already once before. And the question is, why is that now what's happening at Shifa Hospital? Once again, focus of military activity around hospital in order to draw that uh, particular criticism of how dare, how dare you even think about taking your military forces in or near a hospital. 
Yeah, it's, it's just uh, incredible. Really, really uh, phenomenal to see that operation. Right, what's the latest reports coming out of Gaza? Well, um, unfortunately, another four names have been added to the list of fallen soldiers um, since the ground operation began. We're talking about 224 soldiers who have fallen in the battle <clears throat> to protect our country and to protect our people. And maybe that's a good moment for me just to take a pause and just to say how incredibly proud we are as Israelis of our younger generation. Mm, mm. There were people who doubted whether this generation yeah. was really up to the tough stuff that sometimes is needed. A lot of people, particularly veterans of wars of 1967 and 1973, looked at the younger generation as a kind of a bunch of woke softies. I don't know if we want to call it that even. But people looked at them thinking that they were kind of not hardened. They were not available, not ready to do some hard work if called upon to do so. And that generation, the older generation, are now standing up and saying, I am sorry we were wrong. Mm. We were mm. really wrong about doubting how much you are dedicated and able and willing to take some really, really tough decisions and to do some hard work. And we all, as a nation and as a people around the world, need to stand up and just give our respect to our young generation who are doing and have done the most amazing, heroic, fantastic job and who are not shying away from any responsibility and any danger. And it's, it's really worth reiterating that at every possible opportunity. They're doing such a great job. And these people, no matter what they have seen, um, are wanting to go in and just to do everything that is required to protect our country. What we hear from within Gaza is that the work in Khan Yunus continues. That is still an ongoing operation. There are some renewed uh, operations within central Gaza, around the Gaza City area. As I said previously, there, is some, uh, there are some reports about uh, activity around Shifa Hospital. There are also reports that the IDF has been back in force again in northern Gaza. I'm not exactly sure how terrorists have managed to re-infiltrate northern Gaza, but I'm guessing tunnels are part of the story. So even though the job was done in the north, it's never really done because it seems just to resurface its head at every point. Khan Yunus has been described as the head of the snake. That is the extent, the amount of importance that had been placed around Khan Yunus. There are some questions being asked about whether the IDF intends to attack around the Rafiah area in the southern area of the Gaza Strip in, uh, near to the Rafah crossing and at the moment it doesn't seem to be the case in other words there doesn't seem to be much activity in the very very south of the Gaza Strip which is where all most of the refugees have gathered those people have been mm -hmm. cleared from the north and from the central part of Gaza um, and what we also are hearing is that as far as reserve soldiers are concerned only one battalion of reserve soldiers remain in Gaza at this time. So just once again, the people who are currently serving in Gaza are the current conscripts in our army, the young generation, the guys, the 18, the 19, the 20 year olds who are all part of the conscript army. They are the ones currently holding the fort and doing that job, a massively dangerous job and a very, very skilled job that requires you to keep your head and to, to maintain mm, um, mm. all 
all kinds of moral standards, some amazing pictures of soldiers protecting children, of soldiers dishing out water to elderly women who are walking um, to, to get away from the war zone, some real humans, humanitarian work within the battle zone, doesn't matter how dangerous it, dangerous it is, our soldiers are still managing to retain their humanity. Um, the, the work in Gaza is far from done. It's continuing and it will continue for the foreseeable future, um, even though the reports that we're getting are slightly less than before, but really um, it's just an incredible job that's being done by our young generation. The hostage situation, what do we know? What do we know about that? Um, so lots and lots of conflicting stories are coming out about exactly the current status of the hostage negotiations. We do understand that a delegation from Hamas landed in Egypt yesterday to continue discussions, particularly under the auspices of the Egyptian security establishment with the Qataris involved and with Americans involved as well. Um, I don't believe that there are any Israelis in Egypt right now to talk about it. The prime minister has had a discussion with hostage families, and he's dead. Can we say officially, we not, Anthony? Can we say officially? Well, uh, <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's been reported. I don't know whether it's officially on the record or not, but it's certainly being reported. Um, but he has had a conversation right. with hostage families, and, and we are told that he's told them that he will not be willing to do an exchange deal at any price. And that's a very hard conversation for him to have with hostage families. What he said is he will not release thousands of Palestinian prisoners from Israeli jails, that he will not be willing to enter into an ongoing uh, permanent ceasefire because there is still military work that needs to be done in Gaza. The latest report I saw was 35 days of ceasefire for the release of 35 Israeli hostages. I'm sure that it will also come with the release of many, many Palestinian prisoners. There has been even some talk about possibly releasing Palestinian prisoners of people who were actually involved in the October the 7th massacres. Now, for me, that's almost like crossing a red line. But mm. apparently there is a discussion like that. I'm not quite sure whether the Israeli authorities are willing to even entertain this thought, this possibility. But let's not forget the stress and the pressure that the hostage families are putting on government negotiators to get their family members out of Gaza. Because 117, 118 days later, those people are in dire, dire straits. They are in a very, very serious condition to the extent that people are still alive and still sane after such a lengthy period of time being kept in very, very hostile conditions. It's hard to know exactly what we're talking about in terms of hostage release, but obviously the families are campaigning very, 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 very hard in order to get their family members released from Gaza almost at any price. And the prime minister is saying there is a red line beyond which I'm not willing to tread. And the red lines that he's stressed, as I said again, are there's no permanent ceasefire and there is no wholesale release of thousands of Palestinian mm. prisoners from Israeli jails. Exactly what that means going forward is difficult for us to understand, but clearly there are some attempts to negotiate a hostage exchange, a hostage release. And, you know, my personal view is that I would really love to see the Israeli hostages come back from Gaza. We really need them to come home. What sort of price I'm willing to pay is a very, very difficult question to answer. But um, I think as time goes on, 
probably the price that we're willing to pay is going up. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, that's uh, that's always a worry. Uh, just uh, I know we don't have a lot of time. We've probably got about a minute. But any uh, any thoughts on or, or truth to these uh, uh, rumors that both the United States and the UK are looking to recognize a Palestinian state? So my view on that is that it feels almost like people think that establishing a Palestinian state will bring world peace that this is kind of mm. the answer to everybody's problems that you know the yemeni economy will recover and the houthis will go to sleep and iran will suddenly stop its nuclear program and world peace will break out as long as we have a palestinian state and you know i just got two comments to make about that one is that we have really tried this because we gave up gaza and we allowed the possibility of a palestinian state to be created there and we saw the result of that we've also tried the experiment of the palestinian authority which is a sort of a palestinian state in some way so the fact that people keep calling for a palestinian state doesn't recognize the efforts that have gone on already the second point is that the palestinian state can't be seen as a reward for this war and for the actions mm. of gaza because mm. that's essentially what it would be if we suddenly had a palestinian state be established at the end of this war it almost feels as if though all of that war the massacres were justified because it ultimately led to the reward of Palestinian state and I think that's a very very dangerous place for us to go so I don't know exactly how credible these stories are but it feels as if the politicians believe that if they keep talking about a Palestinian state people will vote for them and all peace will break out and all questions will be answered and of course nothing can be further from the truth than that Anthony Reich thank you as always wishing you a fantastic week and a Shabbat Shalom and we'll catch you on Monday morning that Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohn from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Tzahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.